The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Fit for Life. Your host is Chad Austin. There's no time to get yourself into shape. Like right now, you'll learn how to overcome the day-to-day excuses and start working on the rest of your life. The results will come as you go and will just keep getting better and better. Now, here's your host and motivator, Chad Austin. What's up, everybody? I'm Chad Austin. Welcome to Be Fit for Life. We're now entering the last week of March Madness Basketball. And I'd just like to know how all of you have done over the past two weeks. How you been able to keep fitness a priority during all this basketball madness? How you been staying active and getting your workouts in? Or have you been spending more of your time on in front of the TV on the couch? How you been sticking to your meal plan? Or has your meals consisted mostly of appetizers and beer? What grade would you give yourself for the past two weeks? I'm happy to report that I can easily, without feeling... Like I cheated at all, I can give myself a B plus. I know that's that I said B plus instead of A, but if you know me at all and know how big a sports fan I am, then you know that for me to get a B that could have grade over the past two weeks, that's really a win. But I will do have a confession to make the last two days it's been easier because the bulb on my big screen in my living room blew out. And so I've been without TV in my main room. I just had this little one in my room. So that's made it a little bit easier to stay away from TV the last couple of days. Creating all the emails and videos, basically, that we sent out for this March Madness Fitness Challenge, all the making all the emails, making all the lists, making all the, the speeches, the workouts, it just really has really kept me motivated and be able to stay on track. And I know if it helped me, then it definitely had to have helped you. And we have gotten a lot of positive feedback from people the past two weeks for many people saying that they really enjoyed the emails and they liked the workouts we've been sending and so I know it's made a big difference. This fitness challenge is just proof to me that when you surround yourself by positive people and you have a big enough reason why, then every obstacle is easier when you come up against it. And so thank you for all your great feedback you've given us over this challenge. This is our first year doing it. We definitely plan to do it every year and, and make it better every year also. And we also have a lot of ideas for other challenges uh, to overcome obstacles together as a group. Well, let's talk about something really important now. How does your bracket look now going into the last week? Want to know how I did? Uh, of the teams in the Elite Eight, I had three teams picked right. Of the final four teams standing now, I have zero teams picked right. So obviously not so good. Obviously not the owner of a winning bracket. But amazingly enough, somehow I'm still in 11th place in the Be Fit for Life bracket pool. So everyone else apparently has done pretty bad, too. There's an NCAA instant reaction show on Yahoo, and there's a this fantasy sports guru, Brad Evans. He, there's a lot of them, but he's, he's my favorite one. But he, he was giving an update on how Yahoo users did in the Yahoo tourney pick'ems. And that's the one I used my my bracket pool this year. That's the one that's by Quicken Loans. 
when there's big advertisement where you could win a billion dollars if you had a perfect bracket. I don't think anyone's going to win that billion dollars this year. But they did some the statistics, basically, of how everyone did this year. And basically what Brad said is over the weekend, if you listened, you could hear everywhere people going. It was the sound of everyone tearing up their brackets because it's over. 99% of the people got is just out of it after this weekend. Of the statistics for people who picked right, for people who picked the people going to the Final Four, 69.9% of Tourney Pick'em users picked Florida Gators to be in the Final Four. That, they were the number one seed in the whole tournament, so that's a pretty easy one. 19.7% had Wisconsin Badgers, so it was from 69 point9 to 19.7. Only 2.3% had Kentucky Wildcats. They were an eight seed, and only 1% had Yukon Huskies make it to the Final Four, and they were a seven seed. So... Over for but even worse than that, winning it all. Thirty-six percent of people had the Gators pick to win the whole thing, so they still have a chance of that. And then it goes to one point five of people who picked Wisconsin to win the whole thing, so it goes from thirty-six to one point five. And then point seven people had Kentucky Wildcats winning the whole thing, and only point two percent of the people had UConn Huskies winning the whole thing. So that's amazingly small statistics probably that could that's got to be records this year of how how low those statistics are of how many people picked the right final four three of the last four teams standing had less than two percent of the world convinced that they were the best team in the country going into the tournament so how did these three teams pull it off what do they have now that has helped them have everything come together at the, at the best possible time Last week, we talked about what makes a championship program. So many of the nation's top teams this year took really early exits from the tournament. Duke, Syracuse, Kansas, Wichita State, Oklahoma, North Carolina, all these top teams. But because they have such great programs, I mean, we see them in the tournament as top seeds every single year. And I mean, so we know they're going to be back. Syracuse and Duke are two of the winningest coaches and NCAA history and KU's been there 20 the 25 times in a row been to the NCAA tournament won 10 Big 12 tournaments and won 25 wins for the past 10 years so I mean they're all going to be back and they're all going to be high seeds again next year they've proven it they have such a good program meanwhile some of the team some of the teams out there were making their very first appearance in this year's NCAA tournament first time in school history and some of them even got their first win ever in school history this year seems like Mercer Dayton Stanford and so they all had obviously had great seasons this year, and that's great for their seniors and their players on the team. But who knows when they'll be back? So which program would you rather be on? The one that is there every year, back every year, or this, or the team that's there every couple decades? So if you have a really good program, you'll have long-term success. If you have an average program, you got a chance to be in a Cinderella story. As a fitness professional, I always try to keep this in mind and try to create things that will give my clients long-term success. I do, I do this by including all the components of fitness I think are important. Resistance training, core training, cardio training, nutrition. You can't out-train a bad diet no matter how hard you work. Accountability. It doesn't matter what kind of plan you have if you don't 
follow the steps. If you don't follow through with what you say you're going to do, you won't get any results. And probably the most important is to have a surround yourself with a great support team. My be fit for life community keeps getting bigger. We, this year we've started the be fit, fit for life running club and we have all the people from my be fit for my camps and personal training. Uh, it's very important to surround yourself with people who keep you accountable, but also believe in you and really want you to succeed. Dr. Kelly Baltuska is one of the ones that did this fitness challenge with me and started the running group with me. He's someone in that group. Uh, today on the show, my guest today is nutrition expert. Courtney Cruz is a high V registered and licensed dietitian and wellness coach. She obtained her bachelor's degree in dietetics from Iowa State University. Courtney is a member of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, the Sports Cardiovascular and Wellness Nutrition, the SCAN, and the Food and Culinary Professionals, FCP, Dietetics Practice Groups, the Kansas Dietetic Association, and the Kansas City Dietetic Association. Courtney has been a supermarket dietitian for seven years and has enjoyed developing recipes and healthy cooking for 15 years. She appears regularly on Kansas City's Fox 4 Saturday Morning News to present healthy recipes to live viewers as well as on KCT5's Better Kansas City show to share the viewers about current and interesting health topics. Courtney counsels individuals with a variety of health needs, including those that just want to get and improve their fitness level. Courtney is an avid endurance runner. She has run five 50-mile ultra marathons and numerous full marathons and half marathons. Courtney also enjoys bicycling, swimming, kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding, water skiing, hiking, tennis, fishing, dancing, traveling, basically anything to stay fit and healthy. It's important to surround yourself with a positive support team, but also surround yourself with the right pieces of the puzzle. So being a dietitian, a chiropractor, fitness trainer, every part of fitness. Along with the March Madness Fitness Challenge, also coming up, I have a spring fitness camp. I've done spring fitness camp. This will be the third year I've had it. And it's going to start on April 9th, so the Wednesday after the national championship game, and will go for six weeks on Mondays and Wednesdays. My workouts are motivating, creative, and fun. There will be total body workouts that include bodyweight exercises, partner exercises, stations, interval training, team competitions. You'll burn lots of calories. My goal is never just to give you a great workout. I can do that. Anyone can, can do that with enough practice. But my goal is also to help you get on a fast track to getting long-term success. That's part of making it. My camps are more of a program. I'll do my part to help you make fitness a priority, regardless of what obstacles you face. You'll learn how to keep yourself accountable to the plan and so that you can stay cons- consistent with your healthy habits. So this camp is for all fitness levels. Then you can join a great group of people in the Be Fit for Life community and get fit with a very enthusiastic and supportive group of people. On my Facebook page, if you go to the right-hand side of the Be Fit for Life page, there are links to go to all my social media pages. And click on the one that says Chat Austin Fitness on Facebook, and it'll take you right to my timeline. And the second or third post from the top, there is a video I posted about Spring Fitness Camp. And it just has it's a very motivational uh, speech in the background, basically saying that it's all on you. If you want to get results, it's on you. You can stop making excuses and putting things off. We all put things off because there's 
all kinds of excuses we can have to put things off till later. If we don't, if we want to get results, no matter how busy you are, what obstacles you face, you have to do it, make fitness a priority now rather than later. And so it's basically just showing you a little bit of a workout that we've done recently together. That was a free workout I did over the weekend for the March Madness Fitness Challenge participants and gives you all the details for my camp. But go and take a look at it. And when we come back from break, we will uh, get back to our show and we'll talk about the nutrition aspect of fitness. So we'll be right back on Be Fit for Life. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you have cancer, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. While many medical professionals can give us some of the answers, there are many more unanswered questions that can't always be answered to our satisfaction. Listen for Cancer Concepts and Compliments with Dr. James Belanger. We'll discuss the tests, the compromised immune system, how cancer grows, and what natural medicines could be added to conventional therapies that may help keep it at bay. Cancer Concepts and Compliments airs live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. are tuned into be fit for life with your host chad austin if you have a question or comment about our program send us an email at chad at gmail.com that's chad at gmail.com now back to be fit for life welcome back everybody i'm chad austin and you're listening to be fit for life Joining me on the show this morning is Hy-Vee registered and licensed dietitian and wellness coach, Courtney Cruz. Courtney has been a supermarket dietitian for seven years and has enjoyed developing recipes and healthy cooking for 15 years. She appears regularly on the Kansas City's Fox 4 Saturday morning news to present healthy recipes to live viewers as well as KCTV's 5 Better Kansas City show to share with viewers about current and interesting health topics. Courtney counsels individuals with a variety of health needs, including those that just want to improve their fitness. Courtney is an avid endurance runner. She has run five 50-mile ultramarathons and numerous full and half marathons. Courtney also enjoys bicycling, swimming, kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding, water skiing, hiking, tennis, fishing, dancing, traveling, basically anything to stay fit and healthy. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Thanks for being on Be Fit for Life. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. You're, you have been a supermarket dietitian for seven years. You've enjoyed healthy cooking for 15 years. 
and you've been an avid endurance runner with all kinds of races for many years also. Have you always had such a big passion for health and fitness? Yeah, since um, since I started walking and since I can remember, um, well, I should clarify that I've always had a passion for an active lifestyle. The nutrition part came later. <laughs> um, I started dance at a very young age, and I continued dancing all the way through high school. When I was young, you know, it was just the ballet, tap, and, and jazz. And then in high school, um, I did the high school dance team. Um, I also did a dance studio. We did lyrical, point, jazz hip-hop classes and all which I competed in and so I really enjoyed doing that and I also played sports growing up through grade school um, and in high school volleyball swimming basketball softball I was um, grew up in a small town in a small school so small school you can pretty much do all the all the sports all year round but um, I did everything but cross-country which is kind of ironic now that I've kind of turned um, running into my passion now is my main mode of fitness. But um, I guess I eventually kind of realized more and more that what I ate affected my physical performance. And, um, you know, I also had the environment. I had um, two older brothers who played sports and they kept in shape. Um, You know, one of my brothers got into like the creatine, you know, back when supplements weren't really a huge thing today. And my dad was a doctor and my mom was always, always active. And in fact, in high school, I even um, began um, cooking meals for my family is how I kind of got into the nutrition part of it. And so I kind of, in high school, reading more of the nutrition and prevention magazines. And um, so it was kind of funny, too, because I volleyball was um, really big in high school. And we'd always play, I'd play literally year-round. We did um, AAU volleyball. And then, of course, in high school, I was on the volleyball team, and we um, – really close to making it to state, but we had tournaments a lot of times on the weekends. And it's just kind of funny. I, I look back and remember I wasn't really thinking about the nutrition back then. We maybe had one health class in high school. and But, you know, again, all both my brothers, including myself, were really, really competitive in sports. And I just think back, my mom always put balanced meals on the tables. Um, and we always ate you know, pretty healthy, but I just remember at the volleyball tournaments, we'd have like pudding cups. And I think the closest we got to fruits and vegetables was like those fruit snacks. And we'd have, you know, I don't know, bugles, crackers, and just snack foods and just empty calories. And um, they never really even talked about, our coach didn't even really talk about, you know, nutrition and healthy eating. And so it just amazes me. You know, I feel like I did well in high school. You know, I trained all year round, um, kept in shape all year round, or at least so I thought as much as I could. And I'm like, gosh, if I just would have known then what I know now about nutrition, how much better could I have performed, you know, in volleyball and in dance. And But I still, again, always had a passion for that. And um, I guess that's when I, when I went to college is when I decided I really wanted to kind of make that my career. Um, In fact, I didn't even know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I always had that passion for the fitness. And then, you know, when I started cooking meals for my family, I started really getting into the nutrition, but I didn't understand it really at all. And so when I was going into college, I went to Iowa State University. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to major in. And my mom just kind of mentioned, she's like, she talked to a friend of her. She's like, well, what about dietetics have you considered maybe dietetics I'm like what is that you know I'd never even heard of it before I had no idea what it was and I ended up looking it up on you know the application it lists all the 
um, majors and under dietetics that said food and nutrition. I'm like, oh, yeah, perfect. That fits me perfectly. And I didn't even know what the end result was. I'm just like, oh, definitely. Why, why would I not go and study, you know, what I love doing now? And so I ended up going to Iowa State University and four years studying dietetics, learned so much. But, you know, it's, it's funny, too, because I even look back now. Um, I graduated um, from Iowa State in 2005, and, gosh, you know, food and nutrition, it's changing so much, you know, the trends and in the media and, and just always evolving. And so um, the science part of it is always the same. But, you know, new studies come out, and I'm like, when I was going through college, um, for example, you know, the whole gluten-free trend and with celiac disease, the prevalence, and I probably, I, in fact, I can kind of visualize it. There's one paragraph on celiac disease and maybe only like five or six sentences, and it was just one paragraph in the chapter, and yes, I did read my textbooks. It's wow, kind of funny. I've got a lot. How much, yeah, I know. That's when you study what your passion is, then I guess that, that helps. <laughs> Um, but the teacher, the professor, she never even, I don't, I don't even think she even mentioned it in the classroom. It was just something that if you read the chapter, then you read about, you know, celiac disease and cause there's so many other disease states, you know, it's, that's another reason I love it is because nutrition just affects so many, so many things, you know, not, not just disease states, but so many different parts of our health and our well-being and people don't realize the food you put into your body it's like medicine for your body and um so i studied it when when i graduated i ended up um taking my exam to become registered and i actually got placed down here in kansas city um it was kind of computer matching and so you had to apply to different internships and i ended up getting placed down here in kansas city and i, I love it down here because when I moved down here, see, in college, I studied it, but then, again, ironically, I, I didn't really, um, I was kind of just a bookworm, I guess. Um, I still ran in the mornings. That's when I kind of started getting into running was, you know, in order for me to kind of, um, you know, get my rear end off the seat from studying and everything. I ran every morning. I had 8 o'clock classes. I'd get up, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'd run, and i walked to all my classes, and so when I moved down here to Kansas City, I'm kind of like, oh, finally, you know, I'm kind of don't have to really study that much anymore. And I actually discovered that there was these 5K runs here in Kansas City. There's like a 5K literally every weekend. And, you know, I would run in the morning. I moved down here and I would I continued my habit of running in the morning. It was just kind of my way to because it's kind of my quiet time just to clear my mind, you know, pray and um it was just like brushing your teeth every morning. I just get up and run every morning. It was just a part of my morning routine. And if I didn't, I actually felt more lazy um, and like I was kind of dragging through the rest of the day. If, if it revived me, it kind of rejuvenated me for the rest of the day. And I kind of would reflect on the previous day, get my mind ready for that day. And, you know, my friends started telling me, oh, you should run these 5Ks. And so I kind of got into these 5k runs and that became addicting and oh, it's so fun. And, you know, the more I always ran every morning, but I think what drew me to it was other people that had a passion for health and fitness and, yeah. um, just getting around that environment. And it was more the camaraderie and other people. And it was so neat because, you know, I was in sports and so, but that's, you know, you're part of a team, but it is real competitive. It's almost like people don't want other people to succeed in it. You're always trying to outdo the other person and then running, it was like everyone 
encouraged everyone. They like like you you pass someone not very fast, but you know on a marathon course or you know yeah. you pass someone or even on a 5K course, and they're like, "Good job, looking good, keep it up." Even though you know you're probably not looking that great, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so I love that. I was drawn to that. People are always drawn to if you're passionate about for yourself and for other people. And so um, when I, you know, was uh, running all these 5Ks, I had my friends kind of challenge me to do my first half marathon. And, of course, I worked my way up. You know, I, I think I ran a few 8Ks. I ran some 10Ks in there. Um, I placed second place and um, a 10K in my age group, which is kind of fun for me. I'm, I'm not a fast runner by any means. I just more so love it just because I think my passion for health and fitness kind of maybe outweighs my passion for competitiveness. Mm. Um, and so they challenged me to do my first half marathon. And once I completed that, you know, I properly trained for it and I completed that. Then of course it was always kind of up from there. They challenged me like, Oh, you should do a marathon. And you know, you work your way up to a half marathon. All of a sudden it's a jump to a marathon, which is 26.2 miles. And yeah, it's a I kind of look at him, I'm like, I, you know, doing a half marathon, you know, I could probably run, you know, a few more miles after that, but I'm like, you're crazy. I'm like a marathon, like <laughs> that's abuse to your body. I'm like, that's kind of overstepping the line of, you know, keeping yourself healthy. And I, I kind of, you know, just kind of shoved it off and they're like, well, you know, and then I saw these other people running who ran marathons. Cause when you're in that environment, the bar is always raised. Like when I ran these half marathons, it was people who were really just training for their marathon or they're like, Oh, and I'm like, Oh, is this your first? And they'd be like, Oh no, I've run several marathons. I'm like, well, if other people can do it, then, you know, why can't I? And I'm like, if all these other people are doing it, I'm just running this half marathon and I'm fine with that. I'm like, why can't I also, you know, I, I think I craved also just kind of pushing my body further. And, um, while, you know, it's important to keep in mind I also properly train for this. You don't just kind of go out and run the marathon. And so I trained for that, and I, I didn't just go out and train on my own. I found someone who had already done it, and they showed me exactly what they did. You know, and everyone's different, so I kind of – it was trial and error. They're like, you know, you got to find what works for you. But I listened to them, and um, I, I took my nutrition background because at this time, you know, I got my first job with Hy-Vee um, right out of my internship. It was a 10-month internship. Of course, I just kind of ran all through my internship, and I think toward the end of that, I started getting into the marathons. But when I got my first job with Hy-Vee, I was also drawn to um, the Hy-Vee environment because, you know, just the different age groups – I get to work with, including little kids. I teach a lot of kids classes and it starts young. I think I thought if it started young for me, it's going to start young for other, you know, other kids too. So, um, when I started working for hy that's when I kind of got into the marathon. So I kind of took what I had learned from school and from my internship and what I was actually applying in my job. And I applied that to my training, you know, the nutrition part of it and was able to, you know, run my first marathon. And after I did that, I was like, okay, that's not so bad. You know, once you work your way up to it and you do that, and I'm like, okay, if I hadn't have applied, though, what I knew about nutrition, it probably would have been much harder. I think people um, make it out to be a lot harder because they don't incorporate all the aspects that they need to into training. You mentioned yourself. You can't outwork, you know, a bad diet. And so... I just kind of applied all those things and so got into running and I guess just from there it kind of um, did my first, you know, 50 mile ultra marathon and I will say that I, I did stop there though. I <laughs> ran my first um, 50 mile 
ultramarathon and, you know, you get people running alongside you, they always ask, you know, is this your first one? I'm like, yeah, this is my first one. And then I'll ask them, is this your first one? And they're like, oh, no. And they're like, I'm just actually training for a 100-miler next week, you know. Wow. So I'm like, oh, like, I think this is it for me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and so I guess just it's a it's um, addicting, but also, I mean, it feels good to, you know, be fit and to be healthy. I get a lot of people, um, people compare yourself to other people at the wrong level. Like if you compare your worst to someone else's best, you know, people are like, oh, it just doesn't feel good to work out. I'm like, well, you're comparing what I feel like after, you know, 10 months of training and then running, you know, accomplishing something like that. And it feels good afterwards. Of course I am, you know, I'm, my body takes a little toll afterwards, but I, you know, with the nutrition and I fuel myself right afterwards, it feels, you know, I get stronger because of the way I train and people are like, Oh, it just doesn't, you know, I sit down with my clients and like, it just doesn't feel good to exercise or to eat right. It just, I don't feel good. I'm like, well, that's because you're not used to it. Your body, you haven't um, trained your body. You haven't taught your body that that's what it's supposed to, you know, be what you're supposed to be eating and when you start out, you you know this as a personal trainer. It doesn't feel good, I'm sure. And but by the end, even even when you're starting out, sometimes when you get started, it doesn't feel good. But then after after you're done with a workout or after you've eaten a good meal, then you feel good about you feel good about yourself in two different ways because you feel good. Number one, because you did work out and you got your your blood flowing and when you eat, you've eaten good you fueled your body properly but also mentally you feel good because you know you you ate good and and that you had a good workout yeah, and that, so that change that change that, that mm-hmm. uh, have your body ha- that has to adapt it seems like it's always well we we have a, a really similar background i mean I, I came from a really small school to a small town where you know there wasn't up here it's, it just seems so weird when i when i came up here that people when they went to high school they had to pick which sport they played and so mm-hmm. I, I didn't have to experience that either I got to play anything and and uh, I was just always really into sports and my passion for sports is what led me to go to college and to be a PE teacher I didn't know what I wanted to be it just kind of fell into place and I think I've just always been passionate about fitness and helping people and just kind of fell in with sports but you talked about um, you know knowing then what you know now, and it seems like I say that all the time. I remember when I was uh, in wrestling, when I was competing in wrestling in high school and college, and we'd have wrestling tournaments, and we'd be wrestling all day. The, 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 if I would know then what I know now about how I should have <laughs> fueled my body throughout the tournament, or if I would have known when I was a when I was a wrestling coach how to instruct my uh, athletes to do that, things would be so much different. Yeah. But <laughs> well, we talked. We just talked about. Uh, change and how tough that is when you first make that big change into running and everything whenever you're you're having trouble improving on something i think it's a very important question to always ask yourself is what changes did i make because i if you don't make any changes you can never really expect to see any changes it mm-hmm. seems like there's always something that someone can be doing better when it comes to nutrition and how they eat so when someone comes to you and they're ready to make all these changes and start eating a healthier and better life how do you keep them from getting overwhelmed? And what are you, what are you usually the first things that you have people start with when they ask you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I come across that in all my client appointments and 
you mentioned, you know, to keep from getting overwhelmed, one thing is I start small. <clears throat> start with one change. Um, you know, a lot of times when I meet with someone, there's usually not just one thing that need, needs to be changed or one thing that needs to be addressed. It's multiple things, and and they may already, they may even just be overwhelmed with, for example, a newly diagnosed diabetic. Well, they're overwhelmed just from that, you know, maybe in denial or, but you mentioned, but yet they're ready to make a change. Okay, so they're dealing with that, but then, and not even talking about a diabetic, but anyone who comes to me wanting to eat better or get on the right track, there's several different things to um, address. And what I usually do is, okay, I'll, I'll give them the information they need. Um, I'll give them all the information. But, and sometimes it's not in, in one setting, so not to overwhelm them more. Sometimes I'm like, you know, this will be a slow process. Um, trust the process. Let's just work on a few things. What I usually do is have them prioritize their nutrition pri their nutrition concerns. So usually it's like, okay, I need to lose weight. I also need to lower my cholesterol, and I need to, I know I need to exercise more, and I need to get the sodium out of my diet, and you know, there's, but I, and sometimes too, it's it's budget. It's what are what's their lifestyle? It's also convenience. You know, do they have time to cook meals at home? Are they on the road all the time? Um, their budget, convenience, taste, and nutrition, and their health. And so those are usually pretty much the things that people need to prioritize when they need to make changes. And so I'd say, first, let's prioritize those. Because if you tell me, you know, your budget is maybe a little bit over convenience um, or taste, then I can find you some budget-friendly, you know, ways to start incorporating to make these changes. Do you and get you that say, a lot with people yeah. where where they come into you they, and they, you know, they, they tell you what, you, what basically everyone knows, but doesn't want to say is that it's, it's less expensive to eat unhealthy. Yep. It's more expensive to eat healthy. And if you don't know what you're doing. So when you get people that are frustrated like that, I mean, what is, is that kind of your approach to just to kind of break it down for them? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that allows me to filter through, okay, what, what's your main concern? Because if someone says, well, my health, you know, I, w I want to be healthier, but then they're always like, well, but that's too expensive, that's too expensive, then I know that's the most important thing to them. I'm not going to try to change what their priority is unless I know maybe what's best for them. I might help them see that. But I simply, you know, okay, let's, let's first tackle what's your main priority. Let's, let's start from there. Um, you know, you need to determine what motivates your client. Well, that's what I do. I determine what motivates them because they're telling me it's health, but if they say if it's price, okay, I kind of know that maybe that motivates them a little bit, and I can, I can spin off of, okay, in the long term, this is going to save you money because you're not going to be paying medical bills. It's going to be in the long run, you know, it's going to cost you if you're going to get sick. It's going to cost you more than staying healthy in the long run. And um, so I start from you know, what, what they're currently doing. I'm going to find healthy behaviors to reinforce what they're currently doing. Um, and just to kind of back up, you mentioned what's the first changes I usually have someone make. The first change is simply writing down their goals. That's usually the first change. There's so many changes. Sometimes people, um, the reason why they also don't stick to their changes is because they don't, number one, they may not have goals, but number two is writing down and even to back it up further, I have them write down their why. I know this is a huge thing that you talk about, and we're both on the same page with that, too. I believe that you have to know why you're making these changes. And in order so you don't feel overwhelmed, you need to know what your why is. And so maybe the first thing I have them do is write down their why. 
and then that kind of goes off of I have them write down their short-term and long-term goals. And then, you know, I mentioned to them one size doesn't fit all, and so um, I just limit my suggestions to one manageable change that they can make that will improve their current situation. And usually it's one change a week is what I pick. So when someone sits down with me, I say, okay, let's choose one thing and, you know, focus on that this week. And then once you have that mastered, because then that'll boost their confidence, that'll boost their belief in themselves. Because a lot of people know that if they start eating healthier, you know, these results will happen and their health will improve. And, yeah, I know my cholesterol will go down if I start eating more fish, you know, but they, they don't believe in themselves. So I think focusing on one change a week is usually what you manage which is what is manageable for most of my clients, one change a week, and then continue that. You know, it's usually about 21 days to form a habit, and so gradually incorporating another change. Because sometimes people try to change too many things at once, and then they just mm-hmm. go back to zero because they're like, oh, well, I, I went out of town, and, and or I ate out, or this special event happened, or I had a birthday, or I just... I didn't have this in the house, in the refrigerator. I didn't have vegetables in the refrigerator, so I just went back to all my old eating habits, you know. And yeah. So It's definitely, I, it seems like the baby step approach is, is what I do with all my clients because it will just mm-hmm. seem so overwhelming and it will just seem so impossible if you give someone too many changes to make at once. You can only change so many things at once. Mm-hmm. I mean, get, getting a shape and making lifestyle changes is not easy at all because i mean if it was easy everyone would be in great shape right and so i mean things i try to do is just just help them they're creating that why is so important if you don't have a why then especially for me for me it's harder with the food eating healthy than it is to work out the workout it's never been quite as hard but it's for either one i mean there are gonna be days when you don't want to do it Mm -hmm. and when the going gets tough and you you got to know why you're making the sacrifices or you will never have long-term success absolutely yeah, so absolutely. Our biggest, our biggest enemy uh, with with when people have trouble and they, especially making all these changes, I think you know it's so easy to make excuses. There's we're never run out of excuses to make. <laughs> I know it, and I know that you'll you hear probably a different form of excuses than I do, being in a little bit different field. But to me, the biggest enemy is our excuses, and there's always an excuse to skip your workouts. Always an excuse to fall off track in your nutrition plan. But what are some of the excuses that you hear a lot from people who are struggling to eat healthy, and how do you help them overcome those when they come to you for, about it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the main excuses is because um, people know people don't come to a dietitian because you know to, for me to tell them what to eat. Everyone knows you know fruits and vegetables are healthier than you know the processed foods and um, cakes, cookies, and pies. But one of the excuses though is either um, cost too much. Price is usually a big one. Um, you know, it's too expensive to eat healthy. Or actually, a lot of what I'm getting now, too, it really depends on the demographics, you know, of the area. Because sometimes people will spend a little bit more money, especially nowadays, because they're drawn what they hear in the media. You know, um, no GMOs. You know, they'll spend a little bit more on organic food. And so I think the excuse is kind of also turning into, I don't know how to cook it. Um and simply how to prepare. A lot of people come to me just for meal ideas, recipe ideas, like, well, okay, I know I need to eat more fruits and vegetables. They walk through our produce and have no idea um, what any of the stuff is or even how to cook it because our lives today are, are busy. You mentioned yourself. We are, you know, everyone is, is busy, but it's a matter of um, 
just kind of making the time, but we are kind of on the run a lot more, and there's a lot more, you know, people get their food through a window, you know, more than they do from a plate. And so um, a lot of the excuses is, well, I just, I don't have time, you know, to cook. And so what I do with that excuse is I usually say, okay, well, um, you, maybe, you know, you have kids or you work a full-time job, you get home late, you need to also find time to exercise, you have that in there. And then usually if it's late at night or early in the morning and you come home, you don't have anything prepared, you just grab you know, a candy bar, you know, something that's quick and convenient out of a package and maybe not as nutrient dense. And so, again, I'll work with where people are already at. I say, okay, well, you already, you know, are, if you know you don't have a lot of time in the morning, then let's see if we can prepare something the night before. Or if you're um, a parent, you know, mom of, you know, kids that you also need to cook for them, I say, okay, well, it's going to, you're going to have to make a little bit of time one day a week, I say maybe choose a, on a Sunday, maybe even as a family, sit down and plan out your meals for the week. And maybe not so specifically because since, you know, every day, some days may change. You may plan for, you know, um, tacos on Tuesdays. And then if something happens, the kids don't get home as early or you end up going out, then what I like to do is sit down and kind of plan out a shopping list. I have the seven days of the week written down, the meals written down, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, plan for snacks, always plan to have, you know, um, healthy things in your cupboards, in your pantry, in your freezer. So when those excuses, you know, I don't have time to cook anything, then you can at least grab something quick, you know, some frozen veggies in in the freezer. That's going to be a lot quicker than trying to, you know, wash and chop, you know, a thing of broccoli and then steam it or however you know, to clean it all up, you just have your frozen veg- frozen cut broccoli already in the freezer. So it kind of eliminates mm-hmm. that excuse. When you when you have the things in your fridge, you know, grapes already washed and, and cut up in a, or, you know, broken into a bowl and fresh vegetables, you know, ready to be taken out of the refrigerator. In the pantry, I keep a lot of um, even like the no-salt added green beans and corn for a quick side dish and healthy, you know, like dried fruit, um, fresh fruit, so when you have that, when when you feel, you know, you're coming to that excuse like you're on your way home and, oh, there's nothing to eat at home, but, oh, at least I have these healthy, you know, things already in my pantry, already in my fridge, so that eliminates that. If You know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, if it has to be, you know, peanut butter and banana sandwiches, having some multi- whole grain bread for, it's really versatile, you know, for any meal, any snack, you can have that um, on hand. And so one of the things, too, is um, it's sometimes just the mentality of it, too. I help people, you know, with the behavior modification, with strategies on how to overcome the excuses, but a lot of times it's I help people just turn their excuses into reasons, um, reasons why they need to, you know, eat healthier. And if they're like, well, I don't have time because I'm taking my kids to the soccer game and my kid has this and that, and I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe you, you do need to make time then for those healthy meals and eating healthy for both of you so you can be there for your kid and you can have enough energy to take your kids to those things, but also so your kids can perform well in soccer and in school. And, you know, if it's price, again, I'll help them turn their excuse into a reason. I'll say, you know what, pay maybe, and actually it, it actually is very affordable to eat healthy. I kind of help people sort that out. Um, 
they look in at a bag of potato chips that's let's say a dollar it's a little bit more than a dollar but let's say a bag of potato chips is a dollar versus oh gosh you know apples are a dollar 20 a pound or something but i'm like well actually um per nutrient you know the apple is more nutrient dense so you're actually paying more for empty calories because mm-hmm. you pay a dollar but it's empty calories and it's not giving you the right energy and it's you know maybe going to make you a little bit unhealthier than the apples. And so I say, okay, well, if that's your excuse that it's too expensive, well, let's look at it this way. Maybe that's the reason to eat healthier so you can avoid those, you know, medical bills. You can avoid, you know, if, um, taking medications. And it's really refreshing to hear that we, we both definitely have a lot of the same approach. Uh, we talk about the, the biggest, biggest excuse I always hear in personal training is time. There's, you don't have time. We're too busy. And so I kind of take the same approach that you do is to schedule it. If you mm-hmm. schedule it, then you can't say you don't have time because you just made time. But I guess just as many people, they say they don't have time to work out. They also don't have time to eat. So right. I, with most of my clients, when I get them started on a meal plan, it's, they probably on average eat two times a day. And so they, they're running early in the, they're, run, they're rushing out the door in the morning. So they skip breakfast and then they, they eat lunch and then they're really busy all day. So they don't eat anything. And then when they get home, they're starving. They eat a really big meal. And so getting them to kind of get out of that habit. And so what I tell people is they're basically they're you play like you practice. And so you're practicing bad habits right now. And mm-hmm. you've been practicing bad habits for a long time. And so it takes a while to uh, to adjust that and adapt it, so you're so you're practicing good habits. Yeah. But I loved what you're talking about uh, preventing, where you're basically preventing people's excuses. So if there's excuses that you know you're going to make, and they're no, you know they're going to come up, then you can always take you can always get around that obstacle by preventing that excuse from happening. And so I, I love that the way you're talking about that, uh, turning your excuses into reasons, and the way you're kind of finding ways around the excuses that you know you're going to make. Definitely mm-hmm. a strategy yeah. that I use also. Yeah, it actually kind of goes back to keeping, you know, what you want most, not what you want now. People get their why away from them too much. And, you know, I say I always want to experience the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. You know, you can get too busy into your routine and you forget why you're actually doing it. And you look back and like, oh, well, you know, I didn't. I didn't stick to my goals and, you know, what I wanted. I didn't keep what I wanted in front of me most. And instead, they choose what they want now. And so you got to understand Have a reminder sometimes. Yeah. The reward is so much greater than the work. Yeah, short-term pain for long-term pleasure. Yep. Yep. Well, on that note, we are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking more with Courtney on Be Fit for Life. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Kelly covers our relationship with food and teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be, taking us on a weekly food journey, guiding us to a more rich and vibrant life. So tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. If you have a question or comment about our program, send us an email at chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. That's chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. Now, back to Be Fit for Life. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Chad Austin. You're listening to Be Fit for Life. I'm here with Courtney Cruz, a high-V dietitian and wellness expert, and we've been talking about nutrition. Um, Courtney, you are a supermarket dietitian you've worked at hy for a long time and this coming week you uh, you guys are having some kind of special over biometric screenings can you tell me a little bit about that yeah absolutely it'll be actually the last week in april during our springtime party <clears throat> our store-wide springtime party and um, the biometric screening what that is um, it's a non-invasive screening and it's just a little finger prick it honestly only takes about five minutes total but it checks your um, it's a blood test and it checks for your total cholesterol, um, your HDL, also known as your good cholesterol, your LDL or your bad cholesterol, um, your blood sugars or your fasting blood glucose. And then as a part of that, I also give a complimentary um, blood pressure evaluation and can also do like body fat percentages. Um, and that test also does like triglycerides and your non-HDL um, cholesterol as well as your ratio. So <clears throat> what it shows, um, again, it's the test is just a finger prick, and I have a Colostec machine um, that kind of reads it when it just takes like four minutes, and then in that time, I just kind of briefly educate someone on what those numbers mean, what they can eat to improve those numbers, um, and it just kind of allows, gives me some time, you know, with a client if they have any questions too about it, and just kind of walk through the numbers with them. It kind of helps to see what their um, metabolic syndrome risk is and, you know, risk cardiovascular risk. Um, so that week I'll actually be doing a 25-cent fuel saver, which just means if they do the biometric screening with me, um, it's $45 for a biometric screening, and then they'll get at 25 cents. They'll save 25 cents per gallon on fuel with their Hy-Vee fuel saver card. Awesome. Um, okay, well, we're running towards the, towards the end of the show today. I wanted to, while you're here, so we had so much great stuff about nutrition and everything today, and but it's actually a subject that we can talk forever. And so only having you on the show for 45 minutes or so that we have to talk, I want you to pick the most important thing. So if my listeners today, if they could only take away one thing from listening to our interview today, what would you want it to be? I would say... You know, you only have one life to live, so know your why and filter all your decisions through your why and be passionate. Don't wait until you're motivated to get better in shape and improve your health. Just think long-term and keep your why in front of you. That's a great answer. 
above. One last maybe tip, bonus tip for someone. So this is a, one question I've been getting a lot lately. I know you have um, great strategies for people to help them overcome excuses that you know you're going to make. So I have a few of my own clients in mind who have always make excuses for sugar cravings at night. Mm-hmm. And so when you're trying to take things out of your diet, um, what would be some strategies to help people when they, I mean, sugar is basically the legal form of cocaine. And so it is really tough to, to get out of your diet. So it's not something that I'm trying to say is easy. But what strategies have you seen effective for some of your clients that you would uh, share, could you could share with my listeners? Mm-hmm. I say don't deprive yourself. So a lot of people think in terms of, what restrict, 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 what do I have to cut out or whatever? And sometimes those cravings, sometimes you got to also listen to your body. You know, sometimes it is because you are either, you know, deficient in a nutrient or most likely maybe you haven't had enough carbs um, or sometimes it's that you haven't had enough protein. But as far as don't deprive yourself, you know, maybe allow yourself um, a, something that more nutrient-dense. So if you typically um, – you know, the sugar cravings turn to, like, candy or something, maybe try some dried fruit or a piece of fruit, or at least so it's not empty calories. So go ahead and have something because often, otherwise you're, it's just going to grow. You know, the cravings are going to grow until you can kind of maybe wean yourself off of it or choose something with protein, maybe cottage cheese with some fruit. I know my um, grandma would always, my grandparents would always have for the dessert cottage cheese with a little bit of cinnamon on it or cottage cheese and some peaches. So it was almost satisfying that after meal sugar craving or late night sugar craving, but I was at least getting nutrients. Sometimes it's your body just is craving nutrients, but psychologically you're craving, you're translating, translating that into sugar. So um, I say don't deprive yourself, allow yourself, you know, a little bit in moderation. If some people absolutely have to have that small piece of, you know, dark chocolate or something, I say go ahead and have, you know, a small piece of chocolate it, in moderation is important. So Allow yourself to have it, otherwise the craving is only going to grow, but maybe um, switch that habit into reaching for, like, dried fruit or trail mix or something that's protein-rich. Yeah, I, I agree the same. I kind of take the same strategy. I don't want to don't want to restrict anything that you love forever because that's never going to be a long-term uh, success. So. Mm-hmm. But I love I love everything you just said there. But thank you for uh, those tips or great tips. And thanks for a great interview. Uh, listeners, uh, I'll have more on my Facebook page to remind you ab- about your biometric screenings that Hy-Vee will have if you live in the area from April 28th to May 4th. Yep. Uh, thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you, Courtney, for being a great guest. And we'll see everyone next week on Be Fit for Life. Thanks again for tuning us in. Please join Chad Austin next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Be Fit for Life on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, have fun, get active, and be fit. Be fit.